Let's give him a good bend there welcome to this pulpit again tonight. God bless you, Brother Phillips. Appreciate you, Brother. God bless you. Clap your hands unto the Lord, all ye people. And while you're clapping your hands, somebody give him some praise. If you're happy to be in God's house one more time, why don't you just let him know, I'm glad to be in your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, sing praises unto him. Woo! Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Well, isn't it good to be in God's house one more time? Amen. The book of Genesis chapter 1. Uh, Brother Moore, I, I won't try to pretend like I've got all this together tonight. I was on my way home today and uh, made a connection in Denver. And so I was sitting there reading my Bible, trying to stay awake. And uh, sometimes we do it because it's what we're supposed to do. Sometimes you got to do it just stay awake. And uh, that's where I was. I was I was miserable, tired. But uh, the Lord helped us. And uh, But I was reading my Bible and some of these short principles that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, God began to connect the dots for some things for me. And uh, so we're going to get into some of it. I know where we're starting. I don't know where we're going to end yet. But I do know where we're going to start. We're just going to follow the Holy Ghost through this and uh, just see what God will do. I love you, Brother Moore. I appreciate you. You're my friend. And uh, I'm honored to be considered your friend. And I'm so glad my wife and children are with me tonight. And I appreciate them so much. And uh, I hadn't seen them in the last four days. So it's good to see them. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. And uh, verse 11, let's start in verse 11. The Bible says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree. Everyone say the fruit tree. Yielding fruit after his kind. And this is what really got me thinking right here. The Bible says, Whose seed was in itself. Whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. I want to preach tonight with your help and the help of the Lord. It's already in you. It's already in you. Would you help me right now by lifting your hands to heaven and ask the Lord to help us? God, we love you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you thanks. We thank you, God, because you are awesome. You are perfect in all of your ways. There's nothing that you cannot do. We're asking you, God, right now to have your way. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow through this house from the front to the back and side to side. In Jesus' mighty name, let the anointing flow tonight, God. We thank you for moving in this house. In Jesus' name, would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Woo! Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen, amen. You may be seated as long as you promise to help me preach tonight. And we, I, I, I want to just kind of take you where I've been for the last, I don't know, month or so as I 
have been studying the Word of God, Pastor Moore, there has been uh, this, I wouldn't call it a nagging thought, but a very persistent thought that I have been dealing with and thinking about in terms to Scripture. And that is apostolic theology we can find throughout Scripture. It, it begins in Genesis chapter 1, and it flows all the way to the very last amen. I was reading today, it's interesting to me, 31,103 verses in the Bible, and yet at the same time, there's over 63,379 cross-references in the Word of God. That blows my mind meaning that, that the Bible averages that every verse has two verses connected to it on average. And, and what's amazing to me is how God can take a book that was written over a 2,000-year span by 35 different men and compile all of these stories together, and yet there not be any contradiction and there be apostolic theology throughout the Scripture. And, and I, I'm, I'm not going to get into a lot of it tonight, but I will tell you that there is one piece of apostolic theology that I think this church, I know this church believes because you are indeed apostolic. It's not just the message of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We believe in that. We believe that that is the message that will get you from here to there. But there is something that is morphed into Acts chapter 2 that we so often overlook, and that is the ministry of multiplication. We find that in Acts chapter 2, when God pours out his spirit, the Bible says, and about 3,000 souls were added that day. Can I tell you that if you're apostolic, it's the will of God for you to multiply everywhere you go. It's not the will of God for you to be stagnant. It's not the will of God for you to be stale. It's the will of God for you to go forth and increase and multiply. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, that's just not numbers in the church, but that's that's in your finance. That's in your wisdom about the knowledge and the knowledge of the Bible. That's about the way you operate in the Spirit. God is into multiplication, and he laid it out in the Word that his church should be in the multiplication. His church should be growing. His church should be looking. We know where we are, but this isn't where we're staying. We're going somewhere else hallelujah so again I, I I've been digging into this and trying to hash some of this out and I, as I've been reading it and studying it I started looking where do we find the foundation and it's evident as I began to read to you tonight that the foundation is found here in Genesis chapter 1 is God is going through the earth and he is creating he is he is making man, he's getting ready to make man in his own image and as uh, he sets things up for man because he can't just create man. He has to create an atmosphere that man can live in. 
And that, that's where, oh, help me, Jesus, I'm going to get, I'm, I'm just chasing a rabbit right here. But that, that's where we are a lot of times and looking for the miraculous, and we get impatient in our walk with God because God hasn't worked the miracle. But can I tell you that before the miracle ever has, happens, somebody has to create an atmosphere for the miraculous to happen. And God shows us that in creation. He said, I want to create man, but I've got to make the atmosphere conducive for man to live. Can I tell you uh, that in this house on a Wednesday night, uh, God wants to work a miracle, uh, but he's looking for somebody uh, that'll make the atmosphere conducive uh, for miracles to happen. Uh, You're not going to get a miracle uh, if you're worried about what somebody else is doing. Uh, You're not going to get a miracle uh, if you're worried about who said what. Uh, You get a miracle when you come to church uh, and everything's wrong, uh, but you praise your way in. Uh, You shout your way in. Uh, You pray your way in, uh, and you set an atmosphere uh, for the miraculous uh, to happen. Uh, I I believe that God's able to do all things, but there are some things God's just not going to do. God ain't going to make you do anything, and I'm just going to tell you, there's a lot of stuff that you can try all you want, but you ain't going to make God do stuff. But you can create an atmosphere where he can work. Because he said it like this. He said, I will work, but who will let me? I'm walking to and fro in the earth. And I'm looking to work. But what I'm looking for uh, when I come back is I'm looking for faith. Because faith uh, is what sets the atmosphere uh, for the miraculous. Uh, Faith is what sets the atmosphere uh, for somebody to come in broken uh, and leave whole. Faith uh, is what sets the atmosphere uh, for somebody to come in tormented uh, and leave with peace. And so God begins to set this atmosphere and as he does he, he says that he created the herb yielding seed in the grass and then he created the fruit trees, the trees and the fruit and the Bible says and the seed within itself. Here's an issue in, in, in Pentecost. Here's an issue with Bible readers in general. We're always looking for the miracle to come from without. We always look for God to do things from the outside in. But can I tell you, that's not how God works. Matter of fact, God set it up in nature. And you you can look at it. You can cut a tree down. You can, and we're going to get into that here in a minute. But you you can cut a whole forest down, and some way somehow you come back a hundred years later, and the forest is back and it's grown back up. Why? Because the seed was already in the tree before the tree was ever cut down. And can I preach to somebody tonight that you're looking for the miraculous and you're looking for God to do big things, but you're looking for God to do them from without. But can I tell you that the seed for the miracle is not from without, it's from within. And God is looking for somebody that can activate what you have on the inside of you. Don't look for it on the outside. Don't. Because you're not going to find it uh, on the outside. Uh, We we read the story. The Bible tells us uh, about a woman uh, that her husband had died. uh, And the debtors were coming to take her children. uh, And the Bible says that the prophet looked at her. uh, And he said, what do you have uh, in your house? Uh, She looked at the preacher uh, and said, I don't have anything. uh, Save a cruise of all. Uh, And the preacher says, uh, he doesn't tell her, uh, oh, that won't work. Uh, If you're going to get a 
miracle, you got to go get something else. He said, if you'll borrow vessels and you'll use what you already have within, then God can work a miracle. You don't just keep walking around begging the preacher for a miracle. Start looking for what you got on the inside because there's revival that's already in you. There's miracles that's already in you. There's power that's already in you. Hallelujah. Come to the Holy Ghost. Paul, the preacher, we understand was Saul, the persecutor first. But can I tell you that while Saul was the persecutor, there was already something in him. There was already destiny inside of him. David was a shepherd. What do shepherds do? Shepherds lead. Nobody thought anything about David while he was sitting on the backside of the pasture. Nobody thought that he would be something one day. But God said, I'm going to use David. What's already inside of you? You led the sheep as the shepherd. And you're going to lead the people as the king. You might not understand what's happening when the anointing all is being put on you uh, but David uh, I'm taking an external anointing uh, and I'm mixing it with internal power uh, and I'm going to make something out of you uh, that will blow your mind I thank God I thank God for the things that we have and programs and all of that stuff but can I tell you real revival doesn't come from programs Uh -uh, that ain't how it happens Real revival doesn't come from gimmicks. Real revival doesn't come. I'll I'll even say it like this. Real revival doesn't come when an evangelist shows up and preaches to you. Real revival happens when the preacher preaches and it mixes with what you already have in your house. Oh, I'm going to help somebody right now if you'll let me. Uh, Real revival happens uh, when you figure out uh, I'm not here uh, just to take up space. Uh, I'm not here uh, just to to sing a song. Uh, I'm not here uh, just to be one of those people uh, that come to church uh, on Sunday and Wednesday. uh, But I have something on the inside uh, that God gave me uh, that I can mix with the word of God. And while pastor's preaching, uh, I can say amen uh, and it'll mix with the faith uh, that God put in me uh, and and something begins to happen uh, and it begins to multiply. It's already in you. The Bible tells us that Jesus is walking along one day with his disciples. And as he is walking along, he comes upon we, uh, this is Lord. This is bigger than I, I got time to preach tonight. But I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it my best shot. That, that Jesus is walking around with his disciples, and he finds a fig tree. He expects it to have fruit because he sees that it's green. You know anything about fig trees? You understand they start putting on fruit before they start putting on leaves, especially the ones that come from this this area. Of Jerusalem. So when Jesus sees the leaves, he automatically assumes that it has fruit. But can I tell you tonight that the fruit is what carries the seed? And so you oh help me, Jesus. <laughs> you 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 can't expect to multiply if you're not producing fruit. 
Well, help me, Lord. I feel like meddling a little bit right now. Well, I, I think we could have revival. We could if you'd start bearing fruit. I think we could grow. I think we could if you'd start bearing fruit. Because I'm going to tell you something. The pastor, it's his job. You, you, you read about this. There, Jesus tells a parable about this guy that he, he, he's the Lord over a vineyard. And he goes into the vineyard and he sees this tree and it looks dead. And, and, and the workman of the vineyard, come here, brother, workman. Uh, the workman of the vineyard uh, says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't dig up that tree. Let, let, don't, don't burn it. Don't cut it down. Uh, let, let me dig around it one more year. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that the master comes back uh, after the preacher's been preaching, he's been digging around it. It was a tree that wasn't producing fruit, but pastor took the word of God, and when he took the word of God and began to preach, something began to happen, and there began to come fruit forth, and the tree that was barren became a tree that was fruitful because it had let the man of God dig around it. It might not make you feel good when your pastor picks up this Bible and begins to preach, but if you'll let him dig around you, you'll start bearing some fruit, and you'll start multiplying, uh, and you'll start bringing forth uh, other trees. Now what's interesting is when Jesus shows up at the fig tree, it's not fruitful, and he doesn't give it a chance. He just curses it. Can I tell you that the most dangerous place you'll ever be is being a tree that doesn't bear fruit without somebody in the vineyard to, to, to go to God on your behalf? Jesus shows up and there wasn't nobody there to say, hey, Lord, don't, don't curse the tree. He was mad because it looked like it could have church. It had all the leaves. It was pretty. But there wasn't any fruit on the vine. And he understood that if there's no fruit, then this can't reproduce because there's no seed. And he said, when I created this thing, and I set it all in motion. I put the seed in itself because I wanted to make sure, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself right here, but let me just say this right here, because this tree is a type and a shadow of the church. That's why there would be a tree that is a tree of life. It would be a tree that is eternal. And in the book of Isaiah, when it starts talking about the Messiah, it says, and in the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Letting We are his government. And he said it, the increase of that thing, uh, it's never going to end. He's replicating us uh, by what the tree of life looks like uh, because it's eternal. And it's going to live with him in eternity in heaven. And he said, I want to orchestrate something that when I set it in order, it continues to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And it doesn't matter what happens. It keeps on growing because it has fruit. The seed was within itself. I don't think we realize how much that God put inside of us when he gave us the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't think you really know how powerful you are. Well, I'm going to say that again for the people that don't believe me. I don't really think you know how powerful you are. When you start praying 
and you start praying in tongues, that heavenly language starts coming out of you. That's heavenly fruit that has seed on the inside. And you might not understand what you're praying, but you're praying prayers that's being sown into the ground. And it just may be a bunch of gibberish to you because it's praying without understanding. But at the same time, there's seed that's being planted in the ground that's going to come up down the road. And it might come up in the form of your children praying back through. It might come up in the form of your finances turning around. You don't know what you're planting when you're praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why he said, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. He was saying, I put seed inside of you, and it's greater than all the forces on the outside that say you can't have revival. Devil, if you think we can't have revival, just watch us grow. Just watch us grow. It's already in you. What do you have? I didn't even finish that story. I'm going to preach the rest of that. I don't have anything. Save a cruise of all. Just use that. And borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. You see what's happening? It's word going forth and faith mixing with word. Internal faith mixing with external word. I, I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall that day when this, this little bitty cruise of all, I don't know, maybe it looks something like this, this little cruise of all, it's not worth much. But if you multiply it, it starts getting value. <laughs> you get enough of it, oh, help me, Jesus. I'm not worth much. Yeah, you're right. You ain't. <laughs> but you multiply enough and you will be. It, it, that's why Paul could write and say, in myself, there's no good thing. He said, I ain't worth anything. Inside of me, there ain't nothing. But Brother James said, every good and perfect gift cometh from above. You know what James was telling Brother Paul? You, you don't have to worry about what's, in, what's inside of you that's within yourself uh, because there's something that's inside of you that's good and it's perfect uh, and it's coming from above and you might be worthless. Uh, all I can get out of that is 50 cents. Uh, but when you start pouring it out... Isn't that what you said just a minute ago? Once you start emptying it out, it isn't long before what you start emptying out becomes valuable. And all of a sudden, God starts bringing the miracles out of places you never thought you could get miracles. And all it is is an old nasty testimony of what I used to be. But as I pour it out, it gains value to God. And I begin to multiply because God put something in me to multiply the church. Woo! I don't want to, I, I, I don't know how you feel, but I, I want to do my part. I don't want to stand before the Lord because here, here's the deal. This, this, this whole deal is uh, with, with God. He gets frustrated when people don't multiply. I got Bible to back that up. You read a parable about a, a, a master that shows up and he says, hey, cuz, here's ten talents. Here's five. And here's one. And, and we most of the time end up doing, 
understand, this doesn't have anything to do with a, with a literal talent, which it, you, it, you can't apply it that way. Don't, don't get me wrong. But this has everything to do with stewardship. What are you going to do with what I put inside of you? I gave you this. Now what are you going to do with it? I gave you the Holy Ghost. Now what are you going to do with it? I gave you joy. Now what are you going to do? That's why when Paul is writing to the Romans, he would write, rejoice with them that rejoice because what's happening is he's teaching us how to multiply what somebody has already got. All you got is that little 10 talents, uh, but I showed up and I went to church uh, and I started talking about what God has done for me and all of a sudden somebody else adds 10 more talents uh, to what I'm doing and now God is pleased with me and God is pleased with you because we're all broken individuals uh, but we're coming together uh, and we're using what's in us and what's in us is coming out of us and some way somehow out of all of our dysfunction and out of all of our chaos what's in us becomes valuable I don't want to stand before God and him say I gave you this I gave you joy and peace and the Holy Ghost and you didn't multiply it say well how do I multiply it you use it it doesn't make sense. How do you make something more when you're using it? It's really easy because when you start using joy and peace, it starts spreading. There's an old saying that says smiles are contagious. What does it say about the Holy Ghost? It's contagious. The joy of the Lord is contagious. Peace of the Holy Ghost is contagious. And you can come in broken and hurting, uh, but you see somebody and you know they've had a bad day uh, and you know things have went wrong uh, and you know everything's upside down, but you see them smiling uh, and you see them giving God praise uh, and you see them waving their hand uh, and you see them leaping for joy uh, and you don't, uh, on the outside, I don't have nothing to rejoice about. Uh, I'm not shouting about what happened on the outside. Uh, I'm shouting about what's going on. Uh, on the inside, it's joy, 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 unspeakable joy. My mama used to sing a song that said, it ain't form and it's not fashion. This salvation sent from God suits me fine. It's old, yet it's new. It's powerful, yet it's true. I'm so glad this Holy Ghost is genuine. Let me tell you something, it's a real deal. It's the real deal. And if it, that's why he said Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said if there's going to be any hope, it's got to come from. This world is in a mess, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your family's messed up, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your mind needs regulating, but Christ in you is the hope of glory. I've come to preach to somebody today. You might feel like you're falling apart, but the answer, the miracle, the breakthrough, it's already in you. I love what God does. He says, look, we go back to Genesis chapter 3. It's already, look at somebody and tell them, shake them a little bit. Tell them it's already in you. He looks at this woman. She's failed. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. 
She's living in a, she's now living in a sinful world. God speaks to the serpent and says, I will put enmity between thee and your seed and her seed. You want victory? He said, and her seed. That woman right there, you deceived her. But her seed is going to bruise thy head. Eve, you might feel like you broke, you've broken all the laws and all, and that you're, you're such a mess and you can't make anything right, and all of a sudden here you are, and you're standing in an imperfect world. You're absolutely right, you are. But God said, I put victory inside of you. And there's a promise that your seed, what's inside of you, the tree that is growing, there is hope of a tree if it be cut down. Bible said in Job, he said, though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stock thereof die in the ground. It's nothing but a stump, Pastor Moore. He said, but yet at the scent of water, it can live again. Why? Because the water or the spirit of God is mixing with the seed that's inside the tree. That's why we can shout and say, Devil, get under our feet because we got a promise that something inside of me, she had the promise that years down the road, there was going to be something walking and talking in dominion and power of the Holy Ghost. His name was Jesus, and he would bruise the head of death hell in the grave, and then he would go back, uh, and he would sit on his throne on high. But can I tell you that he didn't do all of that for nothing? Uh, he did that to give you the kind of power uh, that he could say, it's already in you. Uh, just like I told Eve that victory uh, was already in her. Uh, victory is already inside of you. Uh, there's something inside of you that's bigger than what you're going through. You got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Pastor Moore, I don't have anything to shout about. Yes, you do. That's what you are telling from now on. Yes, you do. You got the Holy Ghost. If I've had a bad day, you, you still got the Holy Ghost. I've, I've lost my job. You still got the Holy Ghost. My family's chaotic. You still got the Holy Ghost? What, what else do you want? He already gave you the power on the inside. Now mix it with the faith. He's Unto every man is given the measure of faith. Faith is already in you. You just got to mix it with the word of God and watch God work a miracle. I'm getting ready to close. I'm not, I'm not far from being done. I'm getting ready to close. But I want you to understand what's happening here tonight is God is telling these wonderful people that you don't have to leave here the same way you came. You don't have to leave here in bondage. You don't have to leave here without victory because he already gave you the power. That's why in 1 Chronicles Chapter 16, now this is a, I, I told you I was closing, and I am, I promise, musicians come. I'm, I'm not going to drag this out, but I could. Lord, help me, Jesus, I could. First, Corinthians, uh, First Chronicles chapter 16, this is right after the battle of Jehoshaphat and Moab and Ammon when they set the praisers out front. 
And they started singing, great is the Lord, and his mercy endureth forever. And the Bible says that Moab and Ammon began to turn on one another. The Bible tells us that there is a song that is sang. And this is what the Bible says. You don't believe that it's already in you, that victory and dominion and power. This is what the song says. Then shall the trees of wood sing out at the presence of the Lord, because he cometh to judge the earth. How does that apply to this? The songwriters literally, and I don't have time to build you a whole long theological deal, but you can go to the New Testament and see when Jesus healed one man, he said he was blind. He said, what do you see? He said, I see men as trees. What was literally happening is that man was getting a peace just for a moment, a vision of the vision of God. God backs it down and says, well, I did too much for him. Because when God looks at men, he sees a root system. He sees a stock. Again, I don't have time to build a long theological deal. Just ride with me on this. And if you disagree, that's fine. You ain't, you've been wrong before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. He sees men as trees. He, God sees men as fruitful. When he comes back, he's looking for fruit. That's why, well, again, you get into the teachings of the Apostle Paul, and he's telling us you need to have the fruit of the Spirit. And, and so this man sees trees and men as trees. Literally, what's happening here is God is referring back to 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 33 when he said, the trees of wood shall praise the Lord. Why? Because he cometh to judge the earth. What's, what's that mean? It's very simple. When you, when, when you break it down in its simplest form, he was saying we were surrounded by our enemies and we started praising God anyway. And, and men that were like trees started bringing forth the fruit of praise. And, and we didn't have any reason to do it, but we did it anyway. We, our back was against the wall. According to what men said, we might as well quit church, might as well throw in the towel, might as well stop having church. We, you know what, Pastor Moore, just close the doors, turn off the lights, uh, and let's never come back again. Uh, but trees, uh, the, the, the seed within itself, uh, they began to praise God, uh, and the seed was in them. Uh, the seed seed of victory was in them and it began to be birthed in their praise and it began to be birthed in their worship and they began to multiply all over again. So I want to tell you something. I know I, I, if you, you can go to study it for yourself, but he set the, he set the crazy folks out front, Brother Moore. He said, put the praisers out there. Can I tell you that, like, like I was talking about all ago, that's contagious. When you see praise working, That actually works. It's comical to me the way that God constructs the Bible. And, and I mean, let, let, let's be honest. If you were God, just, just think like you think, but you're God for a second. Okay, you're not, but just think you were. Some of you think that too much anyway. Yeah, that's neither here nor there. Move on, Jesus. If you were God and you seen somebody say, I need a miracle. Huh? They've lost their mind. It's comical to me what attract what what God is attracted to. God is attracted to people that are broken and with tears running down their face 
they still got their hands in the air and say, you want to know something, God? This isn't what I had in mind, but I'm not going to stop praising you because I know it's in me. The answer is in me. The, the, the joy is in me. The peace, it's in me. I've just got to find it. i got to pray until I find that closet in the back hallways of my heart and I open it up and joy like a river comes rushing out. Come on, I've come to preach to somebody. I'm challenging you tonight. Step out of your pew and lift your hands and whatever it is that you're fighting, find the answer from within. God's already put it in you. God already gave you the power. God already gave you the authority. You can make it. You've got the power already in you. Come on. Come on. Come on. As they begin to sing, somebody ought to lift their voice like you haven't done all year and say, God, I praise you because I know that the answer, it's already been put on the way. It's already in me. Come on, somebody lift your voice. God is able. God is able. Come on. He already gave it to you. He already promised it to you. Press until you press through. Pray until you pray through. It's here. It's for you.
not hear the word of God tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus, you put it in me. Why shouldn't I see a victory? You put it in me. 
Amen. You the put it there. Amen. Why? So I can whip the devil. So I can whip the giant. So I can come out of the valley. So I can win the race. Thank God for the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. I, I see victory. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing victory. Amen. And none other but Jesus Christ. Hey, the church is going to make it, honey. You just stay on board. Hallelujah. You just stay connected. The church is going to survive. The church is going to be victorious. Thank you, Brother Phillips. What a mighty job you've done here tonight. Appreciate you so much. God bless him. Let's give him a good hand tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Don't forget, 9.30, Sunday morning, we had a change of mind. We're going to have service, 9.30. Praise God. If you want to come at 9 and want to go back and pray, that's fine. If you don't, you can make it at 9.30, that's good. And amen. But we're going to start at 9.30. We're going to start in here at 9.30. We're going to have church a little while. And uh, if you stay as long as you can, if you got to go, you got to go. And amen. If you can't make it, you can't make it. God knows. And it'll be all right. Okay? All right. Love you. Appreciate you tonight. Appreciate your prayers. Let's pray about this cold deal. Hey, this puts a lot of people, you know, and, and you know what? You'd be surprised. Some folks, even in this community, that may not have the means. So let's pray. Ask God. And if nothing else, I prayed him today. Even Brother Keith Churchill, Texas. Hey, do y'all know anybody that needs some help getting their house at Winterize? Somebody that may not. Somebody that's not able. Uh, if you know of anybody, amen, let us know, and we'll try to help them out. But uh, that God would help, you know, we never know. They say, it could be your neighbor. Amen. Now, we're not going to come over and do things for you bunch of strong back and sorry, lazy folks. <laughs> we're talking about folks. <laughs> we're talking about folks. Amen. It's not able. Okay. There's a difference. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to pull up somebody's yard and they're sitting up there watching a 45-inch stream, drinking a Coke, popping back and looking. I'm going to get back in my truck and drive out. They can freeze if they want to. Okay, I'm sorry, maybe. But you know what I was saying. So I just want to clear the air. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. See you Sunday morning at 930.